I was always surrounded by music. I didn't know any better. Uh, I just thought everybody sang <laughs> um, because there was just always music and rehearsals and concerts. And I think I didn't have a choice. Uh, and luckily I was blessed with the talent. In this episode, I'm talking to dramatic coloratura soprano, Michelle Fienemans. Hi, Michelle, how are you? Petra, it's wonderful meeting you at last. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it is wonderful. Um, are you in, in Pretoria? I'm in Pretoria at the moment, in Centurion, mm. in a suburb. And that's where I live, and I'm here in my house today. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, I know Centurion. I know uh, approximately where that is. So, um, but... Um, but tell me, uh, you are um, a soprano in South Africa, right. and and tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you start singing? It feels like many moons ago. <laughs> I started singing when I was three years old. Um, I made my debut uh, with my mother soprano, Barbara Fienemans, uh, on stage singing um, an Afrikaans art song by P.J. Lemmer, uh, Sprutenoy. And um, that wonderful song that my aunt Leonor made famous, Liefste Madeleine. So I was only three years old, can you imagine? And I made my stage debut with them uh, well, I, at the age of three. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I know your mum and I know your aunt. I, I not know, but I know of them because I grew yeah. up with... Um, my dad had the records of them in the house and we heard the, them singing. And so it is a, it's wonderful that you grew up in that environment of a musical family. That's right. Um, I was always surrounded by music. I didn't know any better. Uh, I just thought everybody sang <laughs> <laughs> um, because there was just always music and rehearsals and concerts and I think I didn't have a choice. Uh, and luckily I was blessed with the talent and I grew uh, from very, very small, uh, learning how to sing and see how people uh, perform on stage. I was lucky. Yeah, and, and did your mum have a lot of uh, input in your training? Yes, she was my first teacher, of course, um, starting at a very young age. Uh, she taught me, um, how to sing properly uh, because she comes from a welsh background welsh teaching background really? and you know they they are very very good singers and very good teachers her teacher was gladys jones and they concentrate a lot on diction the way you pronounce your word and the the way you uh, sing with a natural voice and that is what she taught me since I can remember until today, she is now 83, and she is still one of my um, most treasured teachers and critics, uh, okay. uh, because you cannot sing without having that constructive critic um, that will tell you precisely, um, this is what is wrong, this is what can be better, um, and I need that every day, uh, and it's wonderful to have a person like that in your life. Yeah, but now... It's wonderful to have a person like that in your life, but if it's your mother, do you sometimes argue with her? 
because I have a daughter and I just want to now have it on record. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's why my mother said, you will have to go to George Cock, um, the late tenor, so that he can instruct you formally. Um, we do, we, uh, we are arguing constantly. And I think people think we are actually fighting. It sounds like we're fighting, but, but it's not. We are just arguing and I will never agree with her. And yeah. in the end, I will do precisely what she told me. <laughs> I, that, it doesn't matter that I'm agreeing, but in the end, I'm always doing what she's telling me. <laughs> this sounds very much like me and my daughter, so. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but now, um, you grew up now in the singing, in, in singing, and your, your mother and your aunt, they were in the in the more how I don't want to sound negative, but it, it was a different time in South Africa with the arts. You know, there were more opportunities and so on. But now for you, can you see um, uh, the difference and can you can you find a way that you can also develop yourself in this art world in South Africa at the moment? Yes, you know, when I started singing, the state theater closed down just when I started singing. So I lost out on that opportunity to be able to sing a full, full, full pact because pact, the, the performing arts council was stationed here in Pretoria. And I lost out on that opportunity. And it was really sad. They had, I always told, told them they had all the opportunities and we've got the digital era. Yeah. Um, where we can make uh, lots of recordings that they were not able to do in those days. You had to have a contract, you know, uh, if they wanted to do recordings. Um, then I decided I, I'm not going to do a real opera career. I will become an, I love doing concert work. Because I have a full-time uh, job as well. I am not, you know, free to go away for six weeks or more at a time and do an opera, work in the day, and then perform big arias in the evening. So it's better for me um, to do uh, concert work. And that is what I specialized in. And I created my own platforms uh, and my own uh, concerts so that I can live out my opera uh, talent in that way but that's wonderful so you what do you do full-time then i am a german tutor instructor facilitator uh for um grown-up uh, post-graduate people who need german in their workplace uh <laughs> where they need uh, to be able to read german speak german understand, analyze uh, documents in German. So that is my job, teaching teaching German. That's, and that is a great wonderful. passion of mine as well. Really? Yeah, but that's yeah. wonderful. So, and now these concerts that you're doing, how do you organize these concerts now? And what type of concerts do you do then? Petra, if I can tell you, you know, if you're an independent artist, you don't really have a huge team around you. My mother used to help me, but she's moving on uh, in age and she cannot, you know, organize, uh, help us stage 
concerts as we used to do in the past. So I have to do everything now. So you have to do the marketing. You have to organize the venue. You have to organize your musicians that you're going to work with and your rehearsal times. And wherever you have the opportunity to perform, you know, it, it's a lot of work. So you become everything in the end. But um, it, it's worthwhile doing. I love doing, uh, of course, uh, performing in a theatre. That is my, I can get the opportunity to perform in a theatre. That is always wonderful. But we don't always get so once or twice a year in the past, before COVID, I would then organize my own concerts in a beautiful chapel in Pretoria, uh, where we would do beautiful uh, Baroque music and um, church music, oratorio music, even opera. Um, it, well, you can do whatever you want. And yeah. that is what I keep myself busy with. Yeah, and the audiences are they? Um, is it is it easy to get audiences for for these concerts? Yes, we have our regular con uh, concert goers, our audience. But you know, our audience is older than the the than we are. We always sing. We are young people, young people singing yeah. for an older audience. And it becomes more difficult because it's not always safe for them to go out in the evenings. So you must choose your time better, like in an afternoon, a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon or a morning concert um, to, to attract your audiences. Um, they are still willing to come. We'll see after COVID if that will still be the case. Uh, at the moment, we do lots of recordings and uh, try to reach out to our audiences in that way. And how do you see the future for young uh, singers, uh, well, young classical singers in South Africa? What do you think they should be doing uh, to, to get a younger audience and to do concerts? It is a very difficult question. Um, I take my little niece. I've got a little blind niece, my brother's uh, little daughter, um, and she is 17 years old now, and she has this fantastic voice and talent, and it's developing in, in the correct way. And then I get worried because what, what will her future be in South Africa to start with? Um, maybe she will also be, because she's blind, probably also um, do a concert career. Um, training opportunities are, are scarce. Uh, you have to either go to a very good university with uh, a music school. Um, Cape Town has got a wonderful music school at their university there. And then most of our singers I see have to go abroad yeah. to be able to follow a career. And that is sad. We lose them. Luckily, we've got digital platforms. We see them, but we don't really... Uh, enjoy them in a live concert or a live performance or a live opera for that matter because that is not happening really anymore unfortunately so um those who are starting out will have to search for a very good teacher very good school and then take it from there and go abroad that is all that i can say because you will not make money here staying in south africa you cannot i cannot make money being an 
opera artist, it's not possible because we don't have the opportunity. And um, the the sad thing is that uh, the it's actually the live concerts that uh, develop this love for the music, you know, and and this is what you really want for the audiences in South Africa. So, even though the the young artists go uh, or come here, you still want to have that live experience and that contact when you when you want to to create new audiences for uh, for these types of concerts. Yes, you need a live uh, audience because I always say you when when I perform for me personally is when I am in front of an audience that is the best rehearsal I can have. It feels like a rehearsal because now I'm learning again uh, a new audience, new uh, material that I'm singing and performing uh, uh, and I'm learning because next time I might do better again. And we need also to educate our younger audiences in music in, in opera music because people think it's uncool young people think it's very uncool uh because they think it's too conservative i don't know what they think but we need to pull them in and we need to perform more at schools maybe you know in the olden days they had school programs uh where the opera companies went to the schools where they performed a light opera uh in a shortened version or sent even the um, the symphony orchestras to the schools where they introduced a huge symphony orchestra on stage to the children. Usually my mother said she, she was one uh, part of those uh, programs. Then the children would sit like this, oh my goodness, boring, boring, boring. And after they've started entertaining them with the orchestra, they didn't want them to leave. Mm. And that is how you can create a younger audience by taking your music to them they will not yeah. necessarily come to you but you will have to go to them definitely yeah and i also think it's that if you don't come from a musical family or if you don't hear the music as a child at least at school there is a possibility that you can be exposed to that and you never know which child just you know lights up from that and wants to follow that career or just wants to know more about the music to be an audience member that can appreciate the music. I think that is that is so important and I would so love to think that um, you know more can be done in schools in in the arts, especially in, in a, a country like South Africa because I think art is something that bring communities together and cultures together and it's it's known that in South Africa there are so many cultures and isn't wouldn't that be such a lovely way to bring people together absolutely that's the only way I think the only way where we can it's one language that we all speak all over the world and that is music and if we can bring people together and and we have wonderful singers most talented People dance, they don't have to even have instruction. They have rhythm. They have music in their voices, in their soul. People, we have that and, and we must uh, develop that. And we must bring the music to the people. You know, uh, like people said, um, like a child that goes to a ballet performance and then she sees, as a little child sees this ballet dancer and says, but that is actually what I wanted to do all my yeah. life. And she becomes this prima donna 
an, an, a prima ballerina on the stage uh, just because as a child she was or he was exposed to a concert or a performance. And I think the same with music as well. When you can hear, oh, and just listen to that, those wonderful high notes, I'm sure I can do the same thing. And they try it out and all of a sudden they develop in this most wonderful opera singer as a yeah. child because they were exposed. You will never know if you are not exposed. Yeah. And I wish so much we, we had programs that we could do that, uh, more programs. There are people doing it, but it's small scale. And I hope, I wish. <laughs> yeah, that's my wish as well. I think it's so easy to go to schools and, and it's, you know, it's so easy to get children because they're so uh, open to things, to hear things and to to um, to be able to appreciate things if you just give it to them and just give them the opportunity. Yes, I've got this wonderful little story. I was uh, performing uh, at the Pirnir Theatre in Pretoria and uh, we did, um, we, we love to do these classics for kids kind of concerts. And I was singing uh, the doll song from the Olympia from the Tales of Hoffman. And I was this doll, totally dressed up. And I was this part. And they carried me onto stage and I performed this whole aria. And we did the whole show. And after we were finished, this little three-year-old boy came uh, to the stage and he said, my mother must buy this doll because I oh. am not leaving this this theater without the doll. I'm taking this doll home. She was so much fun. And he was very upset when I told him, oh, she, she already left. <laughs> not here anymore. I'm so sorry. But he just wanted to buy the doll. Mother had to buy the doll. So this make-believe world that he was yeah. in just inspired this three-year-old little boy. But isn't it yeah, it just shows you and how amazing that you could that that the, the the role you played actually was so convincing to him that he believed that you were the doll. That is amazing. Yeah. But also we have in, in South Africa a, a beautiful Afrikaans songs uh that uh uh, and and also I spoke um, to uh, Amina Wasserman, and yeah. she also we t talked about uh, Mimi Kurze, who uh, really sh uh, used these Afrikaans leader, and she she uh, sang it. And um, is it still something that's been sung in South Africa by you as as um, singers? These Afrikaans leader. Yes, we do. We always try to make it part of our of our repertoire. I can, when I uh, studied in Germany, um, uh, my doing my uh, singing uh, tutoring there as well. Um, I always incorporated an African song when I performed there, and they always said, "Oh, Esla Rumare, it sounds like a Schubert, a South African African really? Schubert." And um, they enjoyed it so much. Unfortunately, it is not done so frequently, but we have people who, who really do the Afrikaans song. Um, and it's really a treasure that we should not let go. I, I recorded uh, Afrikaans art songs, I think it was in 2005, in the Voortrekker Monument with Caesar Dalmeida. 
Um, and with Paul Fenter, the pianist, and the wonderful flautist um, David Fenter, um, we did a few Afrikaans songs, and it was just—it's just one of those treasures that I will—I will treasure forever, um, because we don't always get the opportunity. But we should make more an effort. Um, I always try to do one or two songs, or, or um, when when we have the opportunity and 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 a and a special occasion for that. Yeah, and we love to sing Afrikaans art songs. They are beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. new composers as well. We have beautiful new composers that compose as well. Yeah. Yes. I spoke to uh, Franco Prinsler, and he's also um, doing such great work with his choir and his Afrikaans music. It's wonderful. I was just thinking, I was just thinking yeah. of him, and he's, he really is a wonderful composer, yes. Yeah. And it's modern, and it's it really speaks to the heart. Mm. Um, but now I want to ask you, Michelle, what do you do uh, for a hobby? Do you have, uh, what do you do in your spare time? Because you, you're full-time working and you're singing. So is singing really then what takes most of your time? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I do too much. <laughs> okay. um, I love recording. Uh, I did a course in recording so I love doing recordings. I help young little beginner singers to do demo recordings as well. Um, I do music production, digital music music production. I always like to play around doing uh, and making tracks and uh, see what I can uh, do with music like that. Uh, music is my, my hobby. Uh, singing is my hobby. Um, I teach my little uh, niece as well to, and try to develop her, her wonderful talent. Um, th that's what I keep myself busy with. And I'm always busy yeah. with a new project. What can we yeah. do next? What can we do that's different? What can we do that, that we can entertain our audiences with? That's not the same that everybody does. It, it gets boring if everybody does the same thing over and over again. So we're always trying to think of something new to do well this is what of all the south african artists i speak to i get this impression that you all are just doing things you know and you're all so resilient and you're just innovative and you just try and get the music keep the music living in south africa we have to we have to otherwise we don't have a goal anymore and you know, a singer that doesn't sing, you, you lose your ability. You have to sing constantly. It's like an athlete. You have to practice and you have to stay in shape. And if you don't stay in shape, you actually start again all over again with, yeah. with your uh, exercises. So we need to always sing and always perform. Otherwise, you lose your edge. You, you lose mm -hmm. your standard. And we have to keep going. And that's why we're always trying... What a new show. What are we going to do next? <laughs> yeah. And uh, that keeps us busy and but thinking. That, yeah, but that's wonderful. But now, Michelle, what is the wish for you here now for the future? Oh, the future is COVID must just go away um, mm -hmm. so that we can just move on with our lives. For um my my voice is changing you know i i've reached i've reached that age where i can now start uh, moving over to a more dramatic repertoire and mm -hmm. i am now you know testing and see where the voice can take me 
I used to be a very high coloratura, and now I'm becoming a little bit more lyric dramatic. And that is uh, very, very interesting for me. You know, it's it, we're not singing a coloratura that is so, um, you know, you have to be technically so fit to do that. And now you, we, I can sing more dramatic, um, always like uh, these death scenes that we don't get as coloratura to sing. <laughs> you know, where you go really into your emotions and and really get in connection with the music. And I'm loving every note of it. Really? So that is what I want to do as from now. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's it, does this take now a time to develop, to get into that a voice or uh, to that range? It doesn't develop. I think the voice does it on its own. It is just new repertoire that you have to study and uh, get into connection with it. And then to see how far you can push because you are older and maturer now. You can think bigger than I used to when I was 20 or 30 for that matter. So I can really uh, push it now and sing very loud and very dramatic. And um, and it's coming naturally and I'm enjoying it very much. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I would love to come and see you in concert one day. That would be oh, so great. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Yeah. And I love the operetta music. You are sitting there in, in Austria. Uh, mm. Operetta music uh, is just part of my soul. I think that is also really? music that I grew up with. And it's really a huge part of my repertoire. Um, and that is what the South African audiences love, is the lighter um, classical music, uh, lighter um, arias that we do. And it's fun and it's not so dramatic and melodramatic. It's always a good ending to the story. And uh, it's just... Operatist, and, and because I can speak uh, the German language, um, you really can live it and you can live and speak every note and enjoy and understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's my passion. Yeah, I think it's so important also that you, um, you know, that, that the audience enjoy what you are doing and that you enjoy what you are, what you are giving the audience. I think that is so important. Yes, you must know your audience. If if you are going to sing to an audience that like more light music, like a crossover or a, a lighter type of music, and you come and start with your very dramatics, you're going to lose your interest. So you must read your audience and read your venue. What am I going to do now? What, what type of repertoire am I going to sing? And you must cater for your audience. That's very important because if you don't do that, it's not going to work. Mm. No, that's true. But Michelle, this is now so lovely to talk to you. And um, I really wish that uh, that your wish comes true, that you can do all these uh, roles that you would love to do now with your voice. And um, I wish you all the best. And your niece as well, um, that you are coaching now, that I hope that there's something for her as well, that something positive, you know, that she can work towards and uh well she's got a, a wonderful teacher so uh, oh. that's great <laughs> oh but i've got a wonderful student and and i think um she's going to go from strength to strength and mm -hmm. i will post uh videos from uh, uh, that we make and some of our recordings yeah. so that you can keep track of her development yeah i so, would love to see yeah i would love to see that um 
the the fact that she's blind does it make it be, um, difficult for her to read the music Oh, um, she has done a, a little bit of a braille um, theory, so she yeah. knows her uh, notations, but she has to uh, learn everything by heart. I can remember when we did the Pergolesi, Stabat Mater's Pergolesi, everybody stood there with their partatur, and uh, she was the only one, and she was only 13, 13 12, 13 years old, who sang the whole Stabat Mater by heart. And really? she learns it quickly because she's got this fantastic, wonderful, uh, genial mind. And she does that in a very short time. And Amazing. I'm, I just admire her. She's, yeah. She is such a, a special person. Well, I would love to hear her, really. So I will be looking forward to seeing what you do. You post on your Facebook? I will definitely do okay. so. And people so can will... follow us there. Hmm. Yes. I will put the link of your Facebook page then on on this description of the video. And then if somebody wants to go and have a look at how she sings also, then yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, Michelle, but have a lovely day. Thank you so much for coming to you. And I hope to meet you one day in the winter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hope to meet you one day in person when I come to South Africa. Yeah, okay. Definitely, definitely. Okay, Thank Michelle. you so much for the invitation, Pietra, and have a good day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Michelle. Ach, wat wonderlijk. Weer is maar jy die amazing werk daar so. Recht daarvoor. Ja. Ja, nie was ons genieder. Ja, ek is, um, um, ek stel baie belang in hierdie student van jou. Dit is baie interessant uh, wat jy recht krij met haar en die feit dat sy, um, die feit dat sy blind is en sy kan hierdie doen, jy weet, dit is nog half maar maar. Ek kan nie doen, alleet. Sy het nou haar, uh, Royal Academy of Dance.